Yes. Okay. So, Parshas Vayakel begins with Moshe gathering Chal again after the eagle, and he's going to tell them about the uh, the building of the Mishkan again for the second time. He's going to tell them all about building it because now they're actually going to go and build the Mishkan. But right before he tells them about the Mishkan, he tells them about Shabbos. And this we've seen in Parshas Truma. We've seen this already that he tells them. And for six days you should do malacha. That you should, uh, you know, six days you work and the seventh day is Shabbos. So why is this put right next to the, the building of the Mishkan? What's the connection, right? Moshe is gathering them to tell them about uh, building the Mishkan. Not about Shabbos. So why here does he tell them about Shabbos? It's not the Shabbos. Right. So Rashi says, Hiktim lahem hazara Shabbos. Let's see the Melachas Mishkan. Moshe told them about Shabbos right before he told them about the Mishkan to teach them that building the Mishkan is not the Shabbos. Okay. That's Rashi. Very nice. What's interesting is that the Gemara Shabbos tells us that we know we have Lamatas Malachais on Shabbos. 39 things that we're not allowed to do, Midai Raisa. Everything else, if it's not on that list, it's Midai Rabbanon. But those 39 specific things are what is Aser Midai Raisa to do on Shabbos. And the Gemara tells us that those 39 things, where they learned that of, from the Mishkan. The Mishkan. The Mishkan. That whatever works of the Mishkan. Right. Whatever was Malacha in building the Mishkan, Mishkan you don't do, you don't do on Shabbos Midaraisa. Anything else not the Raisa. So that's if that's the case, this Pasuk reads very nicely. Moshe tells them. He's talking to Khal For six days you're gonna do the Malacha. What Malacha? The 39 things, because you're building the Mishkan. And on the seventh day, don't do Malachas Mishkan. So this is literally what Moshe was telling Kali Yisrael, is that you're going to build the Mishkan for six days, those Lamatas Malachas that it takes to build the Mishkan. And on the seventh day, you should rest and not do Malacha. That's what's going on here. The, what needs to be understood is that, and this is a question that many people have on Shabbos, is that many things if we do on Shabbos, let's say for example, bear separating, right? It's not, it's not a big deal. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, there's no, it's not laborious to separate, you know, you know, the bad from the good. It's, it's, you separate, right? It doesn't, it's not, it's not a big malacha. It's not so hard to do. And certain things that we're allowed to do on Shabbos, you know, that you could sweat and are strenuous, are not awesome with so. So what's going on? Shabbos is a day of rest, right? So what's this business that we're learning out of the Mishkan, the 39 Malachas? It should qual- whatever qualifies for a strenuous, you know, laborious Malacha should be forbidden to do on Shabbos. What is this that we're learning? What's, what, whatever was in the Mishkan of Malacha, whatever, was also, what they, whatever they, they used to build the Mishkan, that's what's also on Shabbos. It should be whatever is a hard thing to whatever causes you to sweat. It should be awesome to do in Shabbos. Isn't, isn't that what it's about? It's all about resting on Shabbos. So this goes back to what we brought in Parshish Truma. Is that many, many, you know, this is it's a, a lofty idea, but it's the truth. If you look at throughout many places, when they speak about the Mishkan, they speak about this idea that when they built the Mishkan. The Midrashim speak about it. It was a, a almost like a replica, a little co- copy of the world. Uh, again, it's lofty, whatever it means, 
this is a what copy this, of a who? copy of the world. It was a, re, a mini it was a, world. A mini world. It was a, a rebuilding world. of the world, right? We mentioned that the one that in cho- that was in charge of building the Mishkan was Betzalel. Why? Because the Gemara says that he knew how Hashem created the world. So when you went to building the Mishkan, it was we were building the Mishkan anew, the world anew, and that was going on. Um, so that being the case, the, 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 the Rav Yosef Salan says the, the 39 malachas that went into building the Mishkan, those were the malachas that went into building the world. Right? Because building the Mishkan was building the world. So the 39 malachas corresponded to the, the Bria Asylum, the creation of the world. So whatever malachas that were done to build the Mishkan, obviously in a deeper sense, those were the malachas that went into building the world and Hashem created the world. And we know Shabbos, right? What the, where, where, the, where does the Shabbos come from? It comes from Bria Asylum and the world was created. It says Hashem built the world for six days and the seventh day Hashem rested. So therefore, the Lamatas Malachas, it's not just, it just so happens to be these were the 30 Malachas that went into the building of Mishkan. The Lamatas Malachas were the Malachas that went into building the world in the first place. So, and every Shabbos, the reason why we rest on Shabbos is, to, is just like Hashem rested on the first Shabbos. Hashem built the world for six days and then rested on Shabbos. How Hashem build the world with the Lama Tesmalachis that they built the Mishkan. So that's why it comes along every Shabbos. We rest from the 39 Malachis that went into building the world. We're resting from those same Malachis. Okay, so the Pasuk says in the beginning, it says, This is the thing that Hashem commanded, and then he went to go tell them what they should do to build a Mishkan. So I heard a cute thought. It's not a cute thought, but the mashal is a cute mashal. Question is, Maisha should have said, Evo Advarim, these are the things. Maisha goes to tell him a lot of instructions in building the Mishkan, right? Zeh is singular, this is the thing. He should have said, Evo Advarim, these are the things that I'm going to go tell you, right? What's Zeh? Zeh is singular, this is the thing. So, the, uh, it's called the, the Sefer Taras Parsha, it's not a mashal like this. It said there was a frog walking. And, uh, and it bumped into a centipede. And it met this centipede. And when it met this centipede, it said, I, I told the centipede, you know, hi, how are you? He's like, I'm so happy I met you. Because I, I, I had a frog. A frog. Wait, what is this, a medrash? Uh, it's, uh, it's a mushroom that a uh, saver brings down. It says, there's a, a question that's been nagging at me for so long, and I'm finally met you, now I can ask you. Something. So what's your question? He's like, you have so many legs. How do you decide which leg to move first? Yeah, he's like, I have a hard time with four legs. He's like, you have so many, which one, which one do you move first? The centipede didn't answer. So, the, uh, the, the frog went, the frog left, and the centipede didn't give him an answer, and the frog left. A week later, the frog's passing the same spot, and he sees the centipede's He's still there. So he asks, he turns to the centipede and says, what are you doing still here? Why are you here? The centipede gets really upset. He's like, he tells him, I'm so upset at you. He's like, ever since you asked me that question, I've been so confused. I didn't know which leg to move. I, I can't move. I'm stuck in my place. I don't know which, which, leg, which leg should I move. This is the Mashallah. He says, he says, the Yitzhahara, 
many times. This is how he this is how he acts with us, right? What he does is he throws at us so many different things. You know, even if it's good things sometimes, so many different ideas that we get so confused, which one should we do? How should we do it? We end up doing nothing. So he says that Moshe was coming to tell Klai Yisrael a big list of things to do. Right? Building the Mishkan. And it's, it's an overwhelming task. So This is the thing you should do. Take one thing at a time. Avodvarm says, overwhelmed. Well, these are all the things you have to take care of to build the Mishkan. So they're going to go. They're not going to know what to do with themselves. They'll be overwhelmed. Just take one thing at a time. Build one. Build one thing at a time. Don't be overwhelmed. So yeah, we want to explain the pasuk of Zeadavar Shetiv Hashem Leimer. Okay, so the the Biskarov being that there was a, a story that happened. Who, who's it? Who's Biskarov. Biskarov. There's a story that happened in Brisk. It was in the times of the World War II, and there was a big pogrom. And they killed a lot of people and destroyed the houses. So after that, there was people who were left without money, etc. And there there was funds that came in to help the people, you know, get back on their feet. That they shouldn't have to leave town, that they should be able to rebuild their lives there in Brisk. So when they came to the Briskarab to ask him if he could be part of the, uh, you know, part of the created like a vad of people to be in charge of the money, he refused. He didn't want to take part of it. This is rebuilding Brisk after Brisk. the war? Before the war, before. This is during the war. I think it's during the war, yeah. So he didn't want to take part of it. Okay. So he didn't say why. He didn't. I don't want to take part of the, of the funds. Yeah, he didn't want to be to have any involvement. And he didn't say why. He didn't say why. Yeah. After a while, whatever, sometime later, this lady came to the scrub crying. She was she had seven children. Her husband was killed, and she had no money. And he said, "Why didn't you go to the the fund to get money?" She's like, "They didn't want to give me money." She's like, "Now, now I know I was right." What happened? He says, "Explain." He, he, he began to explain with a story. The story was of Chaim Belajan. Chaim Belajan had a yeshiva. And the yeshiva at one point was funded by an extremely wealthy person. He gave a lot of money to the yeshiva. One time, it came whatever, maybe it was a monthly check or a bi-monthly check. The check didn't come. The funds didn't come. Chaim Belajan wanted to know what's going on. So the messenger that usually brought them, that was usually he sent, said he didn't want to give money. So Chaim Belajan went to meet him in person. Why are you not giving money? came, he met him, he said, what's going on? You're not giving money, you used to give giving us money for so long, why'd you stop? He's like, I'll tell you. Like this past time, your messenger came to collect the check. I look out the window, he pulled up in this nice wagon with nice horses, whatever it was. I'm not interested. I'm giving money to, to Yeshiva to, to feed, you know, to feed the Bachrim, to feed the young Goliath, to feed, feed people, you know, that you should be able to run the Yeshiva. I'm not giving money that you should go buy yourself a nice horse. But now I'm giving money for it. I'm not interested in giving money. So Chaim Lajan answered him like this. It says in this week's parasha about Betzalel. Hashem says, Hashem filled Betzalel with Ruach Aleikim, with wisdom, with he had, he knew, he was, he got a tremendous amount of wisdom from Hashem. Then it says, He also understood gold, silver, and copper. 
ask. I'm blushing to ask. He's like, after, like, imagine, imagine saying about a, a person, he's a tzaddik, he's a Talmud Chacham, he also knows how to fix, fix benches. In talking about Batal, we just said that Hashem gave him a tremendous amount of wisdom and understanding, and then you go and say he knows how to deal with gold and silver, what's going on? So Chaim Vlajan said it's clear that the Pasuk means something else. We know that the entire Kleinstral gave donations to the Mishkan. Everyone brought whatever they had. Now, I probably have a big problem. Right? Whose money is going to go to the army? Whose money is going to go to the Menorah? Whose money is going to go to the Mizbeach, right? Different levels of Kedusha. The army never wants to get a, you know, to be a part of the army. How are we going to decide? B'Tzalel was Lachshav Machshavis. He knew the thoughts of the people that gave the money. Depending on their intention, how they gave the money, what was going on in their mind, their level of the Shema when they gave the money, that's what B'Tzal decided where the money should go. That's what, that's what he said. So Chaim Velazhin told him, when you give money, when you... He said, when you give money to Yeshiva, they know that the money is not so good, so they build the bathroom in the kosher. It's happening the in more the neighborhood. They build a huge uh, hall or whatever. They don't build the, the main bed midrash. With the, you know? Depending on who gave the money, right? Maybe yes. you know, Well, everything. Basically, the whoever is giving the money. Also, it's the, the Mishkan had to be given the Shema for Hashem. Whoever the better level, he got a better spot of the money. So he told him, they tell like this, you're giving money to Yeshiva. A lot of people will give money. Money comes from different places. You know? He said, depending on your intention, don't be worried. If you're giving Lishma, your money is going to go to feed the Bacha. Who's gonna, whose money is going to go for the, the, the chariot? I don't know, the, the guy, the, the money that comes from the government is going to go for the chariot. You don't have to worry, as long as your intention is a proper intention, then your money is going to go to the right place. This is what Rebbe Chaim told him. So the Brisk girl said, this family, this story that happened in Brisk, that the money that came, where did, where did that money come from? It wasn't coming from people that wanted to help the poor. The people, the purpose of them, them giving that money, and I guess that was the story there, was they, was they just wanted to show the Germans that you can knock us down. It wasn't for Tzedakah, it was just to show them, don't you think, you think you're going to knock us down, we'll rebuild Brisk. It wasn't for poor people, it wasn't, the, it wasn't proper intentions. That's why I said, this woman, who was from a respectable family, she, the money didn't deserve to go to her, because it wasn't good money. So that's why the money didn't go. He's saying, and that's why I didn't want to be part of the fund. But then Briskov says, this is just interesting, he says, we find a lot of times, we find yeshivas, some struggle, some have easier time. What's the difference? He says that if your people aren't um, on the level and giving the money properly, they don't have the schos to give money to people that are sitting and learning. Because that's a big schos. To support people that are learning, to support a yeshiva is a big schos. So if there's a town that the yeshiva is struggling, you know why? Because the people are giving the money to other places because they don't have the schos to give the money to the yeshiva. That's what the says. But either way, as far as our Pash is concerned, he says that was the Lachshav Machshavis of Betzal. That he was able to, to figure out and understand the Machshav of each and every person when he brought the Nadava. So on that Pasik, it says like this. 
It says Hashem filled Betalel with Chachma and Svuna, and Hashem infused Betalel with this tremendous amount of wisdom. The question is, where did, why was Betalel Zaycha to get this? You know, what did what did Betal do that he was able to get this infusion of Chachma and Svuna and Das? Where did he get this from? So Mesh Chachma says like this. The pasuk says Betal ben Uri ben Chur Lamati Huda. There are two names, here. two names here that are very important. Who was Chur? He's the one who was killed and uh, when the Ego. By the Ego, right? Chor, by the time of the Ego, right, there was a, there was a, there was a, they, they, they tried stopping them from doing the Ego and he was Meister Nefesh. He was Meister Nefesh that they shouldn't, uh, they shouldn't do, they shouldn't do the Ego. And they killed him. That was Chor. And Lamati Yehuda, what do we know about Yehuda? So we know about Yehuda, we know about Kyrgyz Yamsov. The, the, the Chazal tells us that Kyrgyz Yamsov, when they came there, all the Shvatim were fighting. I don't want to jump in first. I don't jump in first. A famous story, Nachshim ben Aminadav, who's from Yehuda, jumped in. Messias Nefesh. So, the Meshachma says, when it comes to Messias Nefesh, a person being Messias Nefesh, what is the... Well, the one crucial thing a person needs to order to make nefesh is not to make cheshbonus. What? Not to make cheshbonus calculations, because the moment you're going to start making cheshbonus, you're not going nowhere. Right? You have to just let go of everything, and then you'll be meisher nefesh. Doctor Meshchachma. Having kids, right? We cannot make a creation. Right. It's very true. People make cheshbonus. I'm going to, I'm going to have another child. It's going to cost me ten thousand dollars. Right? But when it comes to meisher nefesh, you can make cheshbonus. You make cheshbonus, it's not going to happen. So he says that Betzalel came from Yehuda and Chor, people that were Moshe Nefesh, that didn't use their Chachma. They didn't use their brain. They didn't make cheshbonus. So in the schus of that, Hashem infused Betzal with extra Chachma, extra Svuna, and extra Das. Because when it came the proper time, when it, was, when it called for him not to use the, the Chachma, they didn't use it. In that schus, Betzal was Zaycha, it's an extra infusion of Chachma, Das, and Svuna. But what is from Yehuda? Yes, yes. Was it Sandal Media? I don't know. Could be, but could be married to yeah, yeah, married yeah, yeah. to oh, father. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Betal is from you. Yes, Betal ben Uri ben Chor the Mati Yehuda. So he yeah, had, yeah. The, the reason why he was well, Zayta, he was extra Chachma, because he never married Who did he marry? Chor ben Chor, grandson. Miriam married Kaleb. No, maybe he wasn't married to Kaleb when you fool him. Well, I got him mixed up. Come here, come here. I'm not, I'm not going to take a... So what? Uh, who was the son of Kaleb? Oh, uh, so who do we... Well, I don't know. I don't know if... Uh, I'll do some research. I, I, I'm not sure where, where he comes... I, I don't know if he... But, I, I, I don't know. But once on this idea of not making Cheshbonus, we see this by the Nisim. And this is famous, but it's the same idea. The Nisim, it says, Rashi tells us that after it lists everything, it says that the Nisim brought, the Nisim have you as Avni Hashayim, as Avni Melur, Leifel HaChayshem. They brought the stone. So Rashi says what happened. Now what happened was that the Nisim made a Cheshbon, a Cheshbon, a calculation beginning. Yeah. Hashem told Kali to bring Nadavas, donations. The Nisim realized, you know what? What's going to happen? Everyone's going to make donations. At the end, there's going to be a gap. There's going to be more needed, right? 
you never get enough money, right? You make a dinner, you're still short four hundred thousand dollars. So he said, so what are we gonna do? So when whatever they're sure, we'll cover whatever is the gap. We'll cover the void. That's what he said. That's what he said. So and but in the end, everything was brought. What was left for them is the the stones. So and and it seems like Rashi says they lost the letter in their name because of that. Because why why is this? What it seems like they did something wrong. But what did they do wrong? This every every organization would love to have people like that that say we'll fill the void, right? You know why? Dr. Briskarov. Hashem said in, in Parshish Truma, Vihuli Truma, Hashem told them to do this. Bring me Truma. There's no place to make a Khajbainas. When Hashem says to do something, you do it. No one asks you to make your cheshbainus and figure out, you know, maybe if we wait, it'll work out better. No, no, you gotta do what you gotta do. Hashem said bring truma, you gotta bring truma. Ah, yeah. they figured out that if they wait. Like Amram. Right the story of Amram, he made cheshbainus and uh, he, he decided not to, uh, have to, to divorce his wife because he made the cheshbainus of uh, saying, oh, then I'm gonna have uh, kids and uh, yes. yeah, right, right, boys, right. etc. Then Pharaoh uh, is gonna kill themselves, so I don't wanna have Oh right, 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 right. Bye, bye, bye. Amram, Amram, right, right. You saw the same thing, but Amram, you see it, right, right. right. Amram, you saw that. Yeah, you see, yeah, yeah. The, the word the said by someone else also has had the same idea that he saw in the Vua that he's gonna have a, a, a grandchild that's gonna be a terrible grandchild. See, they don't have children. We don't get it. We can't make friends. We have to do what we have to do. So that's in the same also. Hashem told him, you bring, told Klal bring the Davis to Mishkan. You can't start making chesbrayness. Um, so the Rechaim Shmulevitz adds that, that where do we learn mysterious Nefesh for Hashem Adolf? What's the source that we learn mysterious Nefesh from? We learn from Avas Hashem. Even if it means dying for Hashem, that's what we learn that you're supposed to give up your life for Hashem. What's the connection? I don't know. Maybe learn it out of Yiras Hashem. That you should fear Hashem, that's what you should give your life up. Why out of why of Avas Hashem? Love for Hashem. So Chaim Shulavitz explains that when a person loves Hashem, when it comes to time to Baisanava, she won't make Hashbainas. If a person really loves Hashem, he's not going to start making Hashbainas. He'll give up his life for Hashem because that's what it calls for. When a person is not holding a, on a level of loving Hashem, that's when he starts making all the different Hashbainas and calculations to get him out of it. That's what Chaim Shulavitz, that's how he explains this. Uh, the in- Inquisition, right. when they made the Gezer, they had to be, they either had to leave, or if they stayed, they had to, so the, the ones that, somebody said, when the ones that walked out, the ones, the poor ones, the richer ones, they want to leave because they have land, right. and they, they even tell me the Chachamim that they want to leave. Uh, who left? The poor ones who had been talking. Had, had, been talking right? had a lot of been talking. They walked out with the shirts on their backs and maybe a suitcase. That's it. That's it. They walked straight out of because they didn't want it. They didn't want to get in that matzah where they, you know they they give them a choice either convert or the simple ones. No cheshma. No cheshbon. That's his idea. So it's interesting though, if you look at this Rashi, so Rashi says this, look, look at the Rashi. Rashi says, Amar Eb Nasan, Man Ron Nesim Lisnadeva Chanukah Zmizbeach Tchila. So Rashi starts with a question that we see them in Parashas Nasai, that by the, when they were inaugurating the Mizbeach, the Nesim brought Karbanais. So 
So Rav Nassim asks, why they do that? And he, he contrasts that by Malachas HaMishkan, they didn't bring in the beginning. So what was the difference? By, by the inauguration of those back, we saw they jumped on the back wagon, they got there, they were they brought the Kabbalahs right away. However, by the Mishkan, they, they were the last. So he says, The Nesim said, Let the Tzibar, let everyone else bring their donations. Whatever they're lacking, Anu, Mashlimin, I say, will fill the void. That was their cheshbon. But what happened? Everyone brought everything. They had everything. There's enough. Nothing left for us. Everything was covered. So that's why. So that's why they. Uh, so they learned their lesson when it came to the inauguration of this back, and that's why they brought carbonates first. But then Rashi adds, and is atzlu being that they were lazy by the nidvasa mishkan. So Rashi they lose a yud out of their name, and that's why here it says vanasim without a yud because they were lazy. They lost the yud. Whoa. They weren't lazy. We said just said that they made a chashbin. But they weren't lazy. It wasn't laziness. They made a chashbin that they weren't lazy. They would have donated. It's just they made a chashbin that let us fill the void. Right? Where's the laziness here? So, the Masilzu Sharm in Parak Vav. I'll read you what he says. Talks about being lazy. Talks about being lazy, yes. <laughs> so listen to this. A little sleep, a little slumber, folding uh, folding one's hands. Hulam. Hulam. In Tisha's Piazza, if you ask someone that's lazy, you know, why he's doing something or not doing something, He'll bring you many psukim, psukim, chazals, medrashim, to prove that what he's doing is right. Rationalization. He'll also bring, you know, logical explanations. What do you mean? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And he sounds very right. They're all showing him through his messed up way of thinking. Basically, he says the power of laziness is so strong, it could bring a person to so many chashbainis and help bring proofs from Chazal that what he's doing is right. That all comes from laziness. So it seems like Rashi is understanding that the Nisim, they had a whole chashbain. But where did it come from? Where did they mess up? Why did they make such a chashbain? A wrong chashbain. It came from laziness. That because they're lazy, and this was the time, and therefore they didn't. They, they were too lazy to be menadav to the mishkan. That's why they they ended up with a wrong chesed. Now I want to show you the chavis avavas. You're familiar with the sefer, right? Chavis avavas, very uh, written by uh, Rabbi Yoyna. 
And it's a thorough, thorough safer about Bitachain and a lot of different ideas. Bitachain and Yichud Hashem, serving Hashem, etc. He writes in his introduction that when he's put when he was putting together the safer, at one point he started thinking that you know what he shouldn't put out the safer. And he had a lot of different reasons why he didn't want to put out the safer. He said, first of all, he's not on the level to put out such a safer. It's, it's, it's such a safer is above him. He said also he doesn't have the he didn't have the kayak to uh, to write the safer. He also felt that he he didn't understand everything properly to write a safer, and he decided, you know what, I'm not I'm not writing the safer, and he decided to forget about it. It was a nice idea, but he just he he went back on his idea of putting out the chalitzavavas. He's not going to write it. But then he said he thought more, and he had a, he had a, he was concerned. He was concerned that all these reasons that he's coming up with not to write the safer is only because he'd rather relax and he was lazy. He says, I was concerned that really I'm just choosing laziness, I'm relaxing, I'm not interested. Writing a safer is a big job. So he said, you know what? Forget about it, I'm going to write the safer. He changed his mind and he decided he's going to write the safer. And but but he realized this idea, like we're saying, that a lot of times you come up with all these good cheshbonis, why it's not the right thing to do, you know, no, we should do this, we should do that. But really, we have to realize that's all kind of laziness. Now, it's interesting because he doesn't say that. Oh, he realized that his reasons weren't good reasons. They were still good reasons. But out of concern that it was coming from laziness, he pushed himself to write it anyways. And it's nice, he continues and he says that a lot of times, you know, he even says here, um, right? If everyone uh, would want to do something good or to teach or do anything good, right? They're going to start thinking cheshbonis and maybe they're not on the level to do it. Maybe they shouldn't do it. No one's going to end up doing anything. He says we have to be able to just push ourselves. And even sometimes that we think that, you know, we come up with all these reasons why we shouldn't be doing it. We just have to realize that most of the time, if not all the time, it's just coming from laziness. So you have to push ourselves over that hill and just push ourselves to do it. And, and he says, you'll get to the Shemaya because that's how Shem works. And in fact, that it just so happens to me, this was the whole building of the Mishkan. The Ramban says that, uh, it says that whoever is Nasa Libai, to build a Mishkan required tremendous work. And a lot of fine work, a lot of beautiful things they made, right? Where did they develop the skill to do all this? Where did they get it from? The Ramban says that whoever had a decision and a want to be part of building the Mishkan, he came and told Moshe, Moshe, I want to do this. I want to build the Menorah. I want to build the Aaron. I want to build the Shulchan. How are you going to do it? Who knows how he's going to do it? I want to do it. And that's this idea. We can't be lazy. We can't think of all these reasons that, you know, I'm, 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 it's not for me. I don't know how to do it. No, no, no. If we want to do it, we just have to push ourselves and we'll be able to do it. Hey, let's push the story. Uh,